What's one food item you should never barbecue? <laughs> I've heard that you would never want to barbecue moose. I can attest to that because, unfortunately, there's quite a shortage of moose here in Cleveland. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show 26 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is from Cleveland, Ohio. Greg, welcome to You Are the Guest. Bill, thanks for having me, and greetings from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. In your note that you sent to the show a couple months ago, you said that I run a very successful barbecue forum as well as host the Barbecue For You show podcast. I live in Cleveland where there are a number of professional sports teams and historic venues to visit, including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So So does Cleveland rock? I guess if you would look at where the actual induction ceremonies take place, that would be a resounding no. But uh, overall, uh, you know, there's a great number of uh, musical venues from classical uh, music. Cleveland Orchestra is probably one of the best rated uh, and, and still going orchestras in the country. Uh, and then we have a, a number of other uh, venues that are right downtown, amphitheaters, uh, privately funded uh, arenas that are right in the heart of the party district that a lot of uh, the big bands come and tour in. Gundar- or I guess it's now uh, the Q, where the Cavaliers play, uh, host a number of events. And there's a number of uh, venues across just the metro Cleveland area where you can find anything from rock and roll to country to bluegrass to classical music. So in, in all cases, uh, in that regard, Cleveland rocks. One of my favorite songs growing up, not when I just graduated from high school, Ian Hunter did this song called Cleveland Rocks. Did that song get a lot of play in Cleveland? It seems to get a lot of play, especially during football season, if the Browns win on a Sunday, which hasn't been too much recently. Uh, And then, of course, it was probably made famous again here recently with the Drew Carey show because he is from Cleveland. And then, of course, he used it was either that original version or... Uh, a cover version of Cleveland Rocks. So uh, we probably hear it more here than anybody else does across the country. Have you always lived in Cleveland? No, actually, I grew up, born and raised in upstate New York, uh, born in Elmira, lived most of the formative years up until I was about, uh, I think, 13 years old uh, in Saratoga Springs, New York, which is home of the oldest thoroughbred racing track in the country. And then my dad took a transfer uh, with his job out here to Cleveland, and this is where I've been ever since. What's the best joke you've heard about Cleveland? (laughs) I haven't heard a good joke about Cleveland. I just hear the same bad ones that keep being recycled. Mistake by the lake, uh, the city where the river catches on fire. Um, and those really, those two really seem to be the ones that are replayed over and over again. Uh, I've never heard a good joke about Cleveland because, quite frankly, uh, even in the last 
10 years or so, there's been quite a renovation, especially in the downtown area, that would probably prove all those jokes wrong. And it's up to people to actually get here and take a look to see what Cleveland has to offer and realize that uh, we are the butt of a joke, but unfortunately there's really no substance to the, to the meat there. What's one food item you should never barbecue? <laughs> I've heard that you would never want to barbecue moose. I can attest to that because, unfortunately, there's quite a shortage of moose here in Cleveland. Uh, but through the board, uh, moose has always been one that uh, hasn't gotten rave reviews. So where do people go to get moose? Do they go to the local hy and just say, give me a, your best moose? I think a lot of people that have reported on the different, you know, barbecuing successes and failures on the uh, on my website actually live where there is moose in, in the wild. Uh, I have a number of people that are up north in Canada and then into uh, the Alaskan area. And whether they have actually taken the beast down themselves or have gotten it from a, a fellow brother-in-law or brother or father hunter, um, I suppose we could find some type of specialty meat market here in Cleveland that could provide it for us. To, to be honest, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the original four Kansas City Barbecue Society sanctioned meats. And uh, I'll get outside of the box a little bit with uh, pork tenderloins and uh uh, sometimes I'll smoke a steak, but there's a different process than doing that than it would be just to put it on your grill. So uh, I'm not uh, so adventurous on barbecuing, but uh, when I've been told to stay away from certain things to hit the, the barbecue pit, I'll stay away from that. But if somebody really had a hankering for a nice piece of moose, <laughs> I mean, how would you recommend that somebody cook that succulent moose meat? Jeez. To be quite frank, I really have uh, I really have no experience uh, doing that. I guess my best advice <laughs> would be to direct them to my barbecue forum and hope that the the people that have tried it uh, have a, have a way of doing it. I mean, it, it, there's only one fundamental way of barbecuing any type of meat, which is uh, low and slow. You get a barbecue pit, whether it be uh, uh, an offset type unit or I have a, a vertical uh, bullet type smoker and you're basically looking to cook with uh, smoke wood and at a temperature that's somewhere between 200 and, and 250 degrees and cooking it through what is termed doneness to a uh, cooking it into tenderness so whether a, a moose roast or moose butt or whatever uh, moose cut we're using is uh, traditionally done at we want to usually take it past that point uh, so there's fat connective tissue breakdown and uh, it, it's achieved a new uh, moist and, and tender status than you know your original uh, done temperatures that you would do in an oven so you recommend for moose low and slow without antler uh, typically without antler although uh, i believe hoof chips are good to throw in the uh, in the fire for seasoning What's the biggest news story of the day in Cleveland? The biggest news story uh, of the day in Cleveland, and this this would pretty much be any day of Cleveland, especially between August and uh, whenever the football season ends, is the Browns. Uh, whether you're familiar or not, we were uh, 
handed our ass to us by the rivaled Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a rivalry that has gone back through the ages, uh, probably the most well-known rivalry, rivalry in professional football. And this was a game that the Browns were uh, – I mean, we've been struggling uh, heartily this uh, this season. Uh, our original quarterback got hurt. We throw in a rookie quarterback out of Akron who has uh, done fairly well, but uh, there's still a lot of pieces missing, and we thought we could – we as if, as if I'm on the field playing. Uh, I thought the Browns would be able to get up for the game and, and put forth at least an effort. Uh, but 41 to uh, zero later, uh, it's been all around the news and uh, it, it's not good. And the coach has problems. He's a first year coach. Uh, he's under the Belichick regime of coaches. And I think sooner or later, uh, you know, he's from a, a good lineage or good bloodline and uh, his philosophies will take hold. But there's a lot of, a lot of parts missing right now, and uh, on any given on any given Monday, if any given Sunday provides a loss for the Browns, that's going to be the talk of the week. And unfortunately, that's what it's been for this past week. Is today a slow news day in Cleveland? Yes. <laughs> the reason why I ask is I was doing some research, and here's the top story that I could find <laughs> off the internet. I can't read this word for word because of the copyright, but it says that. Uh, a stolen golf cart used as a getaway car didn't do well for a man who uh, was arrested for theft. Police nabbed this guy who was accused of theft about two months ago as he tried to drive the golf cart 40 miles from Medina to his home with a stolen frozen roast. In court, the man uh, told the judge he'd been drinking all day and that alcohol mixed with psychiatric medication he takes daily affects his judgment. That was the gives you a different outlook on uh, Cleveland, doesn't it? <laughs> that was the top story of the day in Cleveland. Well, I think what is probably important to reference here or bring into light, uh, you mentioned where that actually took place, and that's uh, actually... The, the proper enunciation of that town is called Medina. Ah. That is probably 35 to 40 minutes due south, I-71, outside of Metro Cleveland. Uh, it's a little bit more country, a little bit more, uh, I hate to use the term, hickish or redneckish. So there's a little bit of country and a little bit of rock and roll. The closer there. you get, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I would say, uh, you know, Unless it's unless it's having something to do, the biggest news story that has recurred in Cleveland is the fact that we're probably one of the most impoverished uh, metro cities in the country, uh, coupled with the fact that our school system in metro Cleveland is just in a shambles. Uh, we're in debt up to our eyeballs, uh, and it's, it's really a no-win for the kids of Cleveland, but... That's probably the biggest story that seems to be uh, regenerated on at least uh, a biweekly basis. And uh, at this point, short of bringing in any uh, casinos that they've been uh, tossing around the idea of bringing in to help generate some revenue to, to get the school system out of the funk that it's in, there's really uh, no way out. It's, it's, really, it's really quite unfortunate, but this is the hand that we're dealt. How's the governor of Ohio doing? I guess if you look at his polls, he's probably the worst-ranked governor that we've ever had in the history of the state. <laughs> uh, you know, it's tough to gain or keep legitimacy and respect when you're caught lying. At least it's been that experience for me. 
It never hurt Bill Clinton. Uh, I guess you're probably talking about two different individuals. <laughs> um, Bill Clinton was a liar in the fact that uh, he was having an illicit affair on his wife, uh, and that in itself is uh, never encouraged. Uh, Bob Tapp was actually caught uh, doing something illegal within the framework of uh, his position, uh, and perhaps certain you know certain uh, values or, or, or certain sanctions have to be brought against him because of that. I, I certainly believe that. Uh, you know, whether you're a high-profile person like uh, former President Clinton or whether you're the governor of Ohio, uh, if you're doing something that you're taking money away from something or you're, you have gained illegal uh, revenue for your campaign or, or for yourself and gain, uh, I mean, that's uh, you just can't have that. If you've had an affair on your wife, uh, I don't know if that's cause for impeachment. Uh, no, but perjury is. You might get impeached for your wife. <laughs> no, but perjury is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, ultimately he did uh, perjure he did, himself. Yes, he did perjure himself, and, and then uh, aside from perjuring himself, did admit to uh, uh, being uh, an adulterer and and lying uh, to the country. You can't uh, you can't gain points for that. There's no doubt. Do people still talk about the elections of 2004? Uh, not too much here in Cleveland. I think we're uh, we if we're talking about anything that has to do with elections. Uh, it's more about the fact that we actually reelected, uh, uh, you know, the governor uh, when we when we had a time to to get him out. Um, to to kind of draw back to your Clinton question, uh, I think it, it's not uh, it's probably not out of the realm of possibility to think that if Bill Clinton was rerunning for president, he probably would have won the election. This is coming from, uh, by the way, not a Clinton fan. <laughs> So how do you think Hillary would do? Oh, I, uh, Bill, honestly, I don't think that uh, we'll see, uh, I don't think we'll see a woman president, uh, at least uh, within my lifetime, and I, I think I still have quite a ways to go, I'm 31 <laughs> years old. Uh, you never know, of course, but uh, for one reason or another, uh, A, I don't think she's the one to do it, and uh, B, I, I, again, I just think for whatever reason, uh, it's probably going to be a, a male-kept position for a number of years to come. What's a song that you listen to today? Uh, geez, I guess if you look in my CD player today, you'd find uh, a number of different uh, genres of music. Probably my uh, top favorite songs right now would be uh, Feel Good, Inc. by The Gorillas. Uh, I also like a lot of songs by the country duo Big and Rich. Uh, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy is one of my favorites. Um, and then I also uh, like to uh, listen to that New Age jazz. Uh, has a like Dave Koz and stuff like that, uh, especially when I'm on the road quite a bit. Uh, my job has me traveling on the road quite a bit, so uh, it's something that kind of mellows you out if you've had a bad call or uh, if you're having a bad day or you're just looking to keep an even keel. Who's the most famous Cleveland native? Most famous Cleveland native, one that comes to mind right off the bat, would be Bernie Kosar, former quarterback of uh, some of the great Browns teams in, uh, of, of recent past. Um, Drew Carey. 
probably one of the famous uh, Cleveland natives who continues to come back and, and do things for the city. Um, of course, uh, probably one of the, the famous, most famous Cleveland natives is John Glenn. Were you a big fan of the space program when you were a kid? Uh, well, it was pretty much up and running when I was, uh, you know, when I was a kid. So uh, I think probably the the biggest space program thing that happened uh, when I was a kid in sixth grade was obviously the Challenger exploding. Uh, I was in sixth grade watching that on television. You know, we were all watching it because uh, Christy McAuliffe was on that plane and, you know, she was a teacher. So all the teachers were very excited to, you know, have one of their own go up there and then to watch it explode in front of our eyes was quite an event. One of those things where, you know, you, you remember where you were. Um, so tell me about that. What were the thoughts of the other students in sixth grade as they were watching this? Uh, it was, uh, I mean, kids were just, we had never seen anything uh, tragic like that uh, in our lifetime unfolding in front of our eyes. Uh, so there was a lot of disbelief and a lot of kids going, wow, I can't believe that just happened. And, you know, is everybody dead? Is anybody make it out alive? Uh, I mean, we're still pretty naive at that point. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, looking back on it, you know, I, I guess I really hadn't given it a lot of thought, but, you know, you're looking back on it. I mean, that was probably one of the, the first uh, major traumatic events of uh, of our generation at that point, and who would ever forget that? Here are the final five questions. What's considered to be the best barbecue sauce you can buy? Luckily, Bill, mine just went up for sale. So uh, I would start there first. <laughs> Tell me about that. You know, I got into barbecuing. Uh, it would well, it was just two years ago. This past Father's Day, my wife bought me a smoker, and uh, I got into it. And it's really become a lot more than a, than a hobby. It's really a passion. And when you get into it as deeply as I have, it actually almost becomes. Uh, I guess you could classify it as an art form uh, for the results that you're looking to achieve at the end. Um, my cousin actually is the one that kind of steered me in the direction of of looking into it. And he said, you know, you can make a great uh, rack of smoky bones or you can make a great pulled pork sandwich. But when you go to pull sauce out of your shelf and it's Casey's Masterpiece or uh, Open Pit or whatever other uh, commercial barbecue sauce you buy at your grocery store, the barbecue still isn't yours. Uh, You know, to me, if you're going to buy, you know, your question is what's the best barbecue sauce you can buy? to me, they're they're all chased the same. They're real sweet, and they taste a lot like liquid smoke. Um, the, the best ones that you can taste are the ones that you make. What's the best thing to see at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh, I was hoping this question wouldn't come up. Bill, I've never been. I've never been. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, and I hope I don't ruin this for uh, all the millions of people that are going to be listening to this, Except for one person, uh, I have been told that it is a considerable waste of time and money. Uh, and I guess I should actually go and make that uh, evaluation for myself. But uh, it's tough to, you know, swallow the expense of, I think it's 12 or 15 bucks to go in and then be tragically disappointed at the end. Uh, 
So, so what, I, I've never been, and I've, uh, again, aside from my wife's uncle saying she, he had a great time, I've never heard one person say a good word about it. And what can you say? They don't hold the inductions there. <laughs> They're held in New York City. So what you're saying is buyer beware. Absolutely. Caveat emptor. Where are the essentials for cooking out? Uh, if you're grilling, uh, the necessities are going to be, obviously, uh, a grill, charcoal, if you're using a... a a charcoal-driven uh, kettle, Weber kettle-type grill, or uh, you know, propane. Make sure you have enough gas if you're grilling. Uh, and then for either, you want to make sure that you're getting your best cuts of meat possible. You never want to go through the expense of having all the good equipment and then skimping on uh, a good steak from your local butcher or uh, uh, you know, a bad cut of uh, uh, Boston butt on your pork for pulled pork sandwiches or uh, a brisket. Uh, it's really, if you're going to go all the way, you might as well not skimp on the part you're actually going to be eating. What's a tip from the pros that most people don't know about when it comes to grilling out successfully? That means outside on the grill. Uh, I think probably one of the, one of the best tips uh, that you want to utilize today uh, would be especially for guys that are cooking on gas. And even if you're cooking on charcoal, you want to make sure, A, that you're using enough charcoal to get the job done because uh, there's been a lot of times on a charcoal-driven grill where guys or girls will just not use enough, and halfway through the cook, your your heat is way down and uh, your results end up not being anywhere what you wanted. When you're grilling, you gotta you got to cook hot, as hot as you can get, especially for... Uh, good things like steak and, and filet mignon and stuff like that. It's it's key that you get uh, as hot a fire as you can get, and you only want to flip your meat once. If you get into flipping too many times, your juices just go all over the place, uh, and you're going to end up with a drier cut of meat. Uh, and then the biggest secondary tip from grilling is once you take it off of the grill, uh, you want to let it sit for at least anywhere between 5 and 10 minutes so the juices actually, uh, the, when you put it on that hot grill, the juices want to come out towards the, uh, the outer portion of the meat. Um, you hear that term searing, uh, which seals in the juices uh, all the time, and it's, it's really uh, quite a myth. That doesn't happen. The juices actually uh, get pushed out towards the hottest part of the meat. Uh, so after you're done, you bring it in, you let it rest. The juices get time to redistribute back into the meat. So the first bite is just as juicy as uh, your last bite in the middle. And the final question, what's the strangest thing you've seen in Cleveland? The strangest thing that I have seen in Cleveland was about a year and a half ago. Well, it wasn't this past summer. It was the summer prior. I was downtown uh, working, actually, and there's a big... Uh, lakefront access to Lake Erie, a big beach area, and it was a warm day, but it was very windy, uh, which produced uh, a number of uh, decent-sized uh, swales or waves in the water, and I actually saw uh, two guys that were obviously from out of town or had lived in California at some point and were uh, surfer Jones, and they were actually out there surfing on Lake Erie. That was probably the strangest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Greg, it's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you get to ask me three questions about anything. So go ahead and fire away. Bill, why or why not should Stanley Tukey Williams have been executed? 
that's what he was sentenced for. He was convicted of a crime, and although he seemed to reform himself somewhat in prison, it wasn't a stipulation of the sentence. It wasn't, well, you know, if if you start becoming a better person, then we're going to reduce this uh, sentence of death to life imprisonment. It was, you know, you're sentenced to die in in, uh, in the electric chair or by lethal injection or, or whatever the sentence was at, at the time. So it, it was an unconditional sentence, and at that point, I, I think the governor did the right thing. Next question. Uh, do you think if downtown New Orleans was mostly inhabited by affluent white people, the rescue response for from the local, state, and federal governments would have been uh, a lot quicker and would have been better handled? I think what screwed up New Orleans is the New Orleans government. It was the fact that the the mayor and, and the people that were really voted in and hired to protect the city didn't do that. Do you think that um, all the race cards and, and race issues being thrown around as to why uh, response was uh, slow coming then was just a, an irrelevant issue? In my opinion, it, it is. Okay. Uh, last question. What kind of legacy do you hope to leave after uh, it's all said and done and you're, uh, you're in the ground? Well, that uh, is really pretty basic. You know, I want people to remember me as being a good friend, a good husband, a good father, a, a good um, son, you know, good uncle. You know, that, that type of of legacy is what I'm hoping to leave behind. And, uh, you know, that's that's really all that matters when, when the time comes. For me, anyways. Everything else would be gravy. How about for you? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know yet. I think I'm still working on that. I would obviously uh, like to be remembered uh, if I were to go on an untimely uh uh, an untimely event to be remembered as a uh, good father to my kids and, and a good husband to my wife and son to my parents. Uh, but if something else is waiting for me in the future that would leave a, uh, a bigger mark or more of a nationwide mark, then uh, I'd be more than willing to take on that challenge if it would, were to come. Greg, why don't you tell our listeners about your forum and, and about how people can find out more about uh, yourself and also about your barbecue sauce, too. Uh, my forum web address is uh, www.bbq-the-number-4-the-letter-u.com, and it is a uh, an open forum for barbecue and grilling. As far as finding out more about my sauce and my rub, uh, that website is still under construction um, at this point. The web address will be uh, Greg Rempe, which is G-R-E-G-R-E-M-P-E dot tripod dot com. Uh, it's all one word with uh, no www in front. Um, and that'll be uh, the vehicle to get my sauce and rub out there. But uh, like I said previously, it's still a little bit under construction. So... 
it's uh, you know I welcome anybody that has a uh, a grilling bug or a barbecue bug or if you're interested to learn a little bit more about how you can, can become a better barbecuer or a better griller uh, to visit my forum and uh, again please feel free to stop on by and uh, join in the join in the fun Greg thank you so much for being a guest on you are the guest and I don't care what anybody says I think Cleveland rocks thanks for having me Bill Antipode and Podcast. Antipode, the place for the latest down under news and views covering science, technology, biotech, the occasional weird and wonderful, and of course, Podsafe music. Each week, catch the wave and learn about how the bottom half contributes to global science and technology. You won't hear stories about sport, beer drinking, and brew races, unless, of course, they have a techno bed. Antipode and Podcast. Download now at antipodeandpodcast.com. And while you're there, subscribe to the feed. Hot news from the rest of the world for the rest of the world. Do you really know if your advertising is working for you? Hi, this is John Bischke from LearnOutLoud.com, where people go to enrich their lives and become better at things that are really important to them. When you come to LearnOutLoud.com, you'll find the largest selection of educational resources that you can listen to at your convenience and on your schedule. One of our titles that I'd like to recommend to you is Bill Grady's audio seminar titled, How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works. It's a very common sense approach to answering all the questions that many small business owners have when it comes to doing advertising effectively and efficiently. And the best part about Bill's audio seminar is that it comes with a money-back guarantee. For more information on Bill Grady's How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works, go to learnoutloud.com forward slash Bill Grady. Learnoutloud.com, changing the way the world learns. That takes care of show 26 of You Are the Guest, and we're wrapping it up with a double shot of my favorite band from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Here's Road Trip with their songs Dear Sherry and Unglued, courtesy of the Poncho Podsafe Music Network. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening. She was born and raised in Chicago, a thousand miles from anything that I know. Time's falling if I only knew Once upon a small town summer day Beneath the sun on a shiny silver lake Forever changed from me to you Sherry, I still believe In an old love song in a twilight
Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.